Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Bernice Bennett, and I'm happy to welcome Leonard Smith III to join us today to talk about telling family and community stories. Leonard Smith has been involved in every aspect of historical research, from genealogy, photography, technology, storytelling, filmmaking, and music. His most recent project, A Place Called Desire, was a finalist for the best documentary in the San Diego Black Film Festival. It has won a Gold Ava Award and was a semifinalist in the Roots Tech Film Fest. It is a story of the community, Leonard, grew up in. In fact, I grew up in this community also in the 60s and 70s in New Orleans. He has a deep abiding love to educate, entertain, and inspire others to tell their story. And I want to call this one of those family stories of community love. So let me just give a warm welcome to my friend, my genie bud, Leonard Smith III. Welcome, Leonard. Well, thank you so much, Bernice, for that introduction, and uh, I appreciate you having me on your show. Uh, it's a, it's it's been a monumental task with the uh, a place called Desire, but I tell you, it it was a labor of love, and it was going to be completed no matter what. I started this project back in 2008, which is a long time ago. But I, I want to share with others that it doesn't take that long, but, of course, life gets in the way and all things happen, and so you have to move around like we're going through now. But um, from doing this full-featured uh, documentary, I've been able to kind of develop a process um, that makes telling the story a little, a little shorter because, you know, as I was developing this story, I realized that there's a lot of other people that need to tell the stories of their community and their families and also the family in the community. So A Place Called Desire was actually told by the people who live within the community. So this is kind of different from most documentaries that you see because these are the people who actually lived it. And I interviewed well over 50 people uh, in the course of those 12 years. And I, you know, again, with a method, you know, say ask the same seven questions to everyone and see who answered it the best. 
You know, some people had better stories about how it was growing up as a child, and others had, you know, better questions or answers on how to grow up, how he grew up as an adult in the community. But I started with the elders, which is always a good place to start, uh, only because they have so many stories to tell. And the other part of this is that I actually interviewed most of the people were people who you probably would never have heard of uh, or heard from about their community. But I gave them a chance to have a voice and to share their stories, individual stories, because everybody has a story to tell. So I was able to let them give their opinions of what it was like growing up in the community and their thoughts. I mean, it's some very touching stories that's in the documentary. Uh, we actually had a private screening to a full house over right around 200 people. And it was amazing, uh, the response that we got. And everybody picked up on their family, you know, living in the community, you know, sharing what you had. You may not have had a lot, but you shared with others. And it was just, a, it was very touching. We had a lot of tears. We had a lot of laughter. But, of course, that's all part of life. A face called Desire. Well, things- uh, I ain't okay, okay, great. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say one of the things that I picked up with this film is that by you doing it from the inside out, I think you really captured the true history of that community rather than somebody Mm -hmm. looking in and coming in with their own vision of what they thought this community was like. You found very proud people who were willing to talk about the community and what they went through. You know, Bernie said it's so true because most of the people that I spoke to, believe it or not, had never been in front of a camera before. Um, at first, they weren't comfortable. But, you know, my interviewing techniques is that I like to get people comfortable. So we just having a conversation. I tell them that, you know, look at me. Let's have an eye-to-eye contact. But the camera's off to the side. So I don't want them looking directly into the camera. And I think people get more comfortable that way. So, we, you know, we go through some basic, you know, what was it like? How was your childhood there if they were children growing up in the community? Um, But it's just amazing the stories that just the everyday person has to tell. And so it fit and it molded so well. I mean, this film was actually three hours long originally, but I had to cut it down to an hour and a half because I wanted to put it in some of the film festivals. uh, But there's a lot of good stories that are even still on the cutting floor that I will use when I go with a direct distribution uh, later on to actually include that director's cut because there's a lot of great stories that didn't make it. But it's a story um, that actually had like three acts. It's almost set up like a play because we had, you know, like the family was the first one. So I wanted to hear, you know, people's story about their family growing up and why did they end up in that community? You know, it was not a community that was um, in the middle of town. It was on the outskirts of town. So, you know, you had to worry about transportation. And, you know, there's a Mr. Cavalier that tells a great story about what it was like without having transportation. He had a nickel bus, and he talks about the nickel bus. And then on top of that, there was a need for worship in the community. And St. Philip Catholic Church started as a mission, and he tells the story of how they built the church um, and, and how they had to go in the that area to actually go to the army barracks and take an army barracks and take it apart and, and then reassemble it back in the desired community. 
that's such a touching story for a community to not have faith-based in the Catholic faith anyway, but they had other churches in the community. But his story was so compelling about what it was like to build that church, uh, put it back together from scratch. And it was all done by the men of community. You know, and then I get into, you know, it takes a village. That's kind of like the act two. It's about the community as a whole, you know, uh, what was going on in the community. It's always great when you tell those stories to talk about what's the surrounding area, what's going on. You know, Ruby Bridges' story is right across the track from us, no more than three miles away. So all of that is incorporated. I, I like to incorporate the history of what's going on in the world and in the city and the state and the country in my documentaries. And so this was one that, again, uh, we talked about the Act 3 was where it is now, where it is today. Because there's a lot of things that are going on still in the community. Uh, there's a super fun site that there are people still living on that super fun site that would like to be moved, and that hasn't happened. But I wanted to make sure I told that story as well. So, you know, and then on top of all of this, we had Hurricane Betsy, Hurricane Katrina, and then we had the super fun site. And so the story continues because here we are again with another major uh, event that's happening in the world. So we have to tell these stories of these communities before these communities dissolve. You know, they're changing every day. You know, I'm, I know most people remember in a lot of the neighborhoods that they grew up in that they had little corner stores. And, of course, in New Orleans, you can go buy a huckabuck from somebody's house. You know, you don't have that talk about neighborhoods anymore. Um, you, you have people who have moved out of the city. A lot of people have moved, you know, out in the rural areas, and, and a lot of them have been forced to be moved out of these communities. And so we need to tell those stories of those communities that it's documented, it's on film, it's on the Internet, so it will never go away, and that's the importance of telling our stories. I also well, Leonard, that, what role mm-hmm. what role does trust play when you go into as you went into the community to get people to share their stories with you? Well, you know, it's it's so important to me to get the the feel of that person telling that story. So, you know, again, as I mentioned, we. We have that conversation, and, and you can tell the sincerity in a person's voice. I mean, in, in a lot of interviews, it got very emotional, you know, on both sides. I mean, I'm interviewing people, but, you know, it got to that point where, you know, some stories are just so touching that you, you have to shed a tear, you know. And so, you know, trust is important, and that's the thing about telling your own story. You know, I've seen so many stories told by Hollywood, and, and, you know, they say, a lot of people say, oh, maybe you should get so-and-so to help you with this film. No, I don't need any help with my film, of my family, of my community. You know, I don't want anyone to say, oh, we love the story, we'll pay for that story, but we need you to change this. No, that's not how it works. You know, you, you don't want to sell out to, you know, just because there's a dollar involved that you sell out that true story. You want the true story. You know, how many of us grew up loving the Long Ranger did not realize that he was actually, the story was based on a black um, a black ranger, Texas ranger. I never knew that, but, I mean, I always loved the music and I loved the story. 
but I did not know that I was looking at a black hero, you know. So that's why we have to tell our own stories to make sure that, you know, we have more of the factual information because we're there. And a, and a part of all this, too, is involved with researching. You have to research um, your community. You know, you use the newspapers, uh, articles, the old um, community newspapers, that if you had any, you know, because I had about three or four different community newspapers. And so I was able to, you know, a lot of reach out to some people who had, still had copies of them. And so you read those stories, and you, then you, you, you say, okay, when I interview someone, I'm going to ask those questions about, oh, you remember when such and such happened? You know, there was always talent shows in the community, you know. And so all of those events, you know, and, and when you tell the story, you don't have to tell everything that happened in the community. But, you know, you kind of, because you are the director, you can pick and choose what stories you want to be told in, in your documentary. And so I was able to, you know, say, okay, I want this to be a theme about family. You know, because there was a lot of large families in the desired community. There was over 13,000 um, people living in the desired housing development with 11,000 children. So if you, you do the math, that's like six and a half children per household. So, you know, you always had somebody to play with because, and then that's not even counting the houses where we live, the, the Weezer Street houses, the Weezer Street homes. There were another, you know, hundreds of, of, of children over there as well. So it was never a problem to find anybody to play with. You know, there was always um, something going on. People were always out. But we didn't have all of that bad press that, you know, everyone was led to believe that this was the worst community in the world to live in. It wasn't like that, you know. And that's why it was important because if you Google it, you find only thing that's going to pop up for the most part is going to be about when the Black Panthers had to shoot out with the police department. But that's not the only story. That was one day. So this documentary covers from 1945 to current. And there was a lot of other stories that I want the world to know that Desire was a beautiful place to live in. Well, thank you so much, Leonard. We're almost ready to end. you have any parting words before we close out today? Yes. By all means, start telling those community stories. Start telling stories about your family. You know, do your genealogy research. If you're a genealogist or you're the family historian, find that one person in your family that you want to share their story. It could be about their military life. It could be about their education. It could be about church. Just find a story, start with a chapter, and just work with that chapter. It doesn't have to be a full-length documentary. It could be three minutes. That's fine. You know, you think about the commercials that are on TV, it's 60 seconds, that they can sell you any product that's out there. So if you can only add another, you know, two minutes and 40 seconds, you got a three-minute documentary. That's enough. That's a trailer. And so that's a good place to start. Well, Leonard, thank you so much. Leonard Smith put together a place called Desire. Leonard, I look forward to hearing more about your documentary and the awards that you're making, and hopefully one day everyone will have a chance to see a place called Desire. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.